0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com.
1: Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to another Overtime Ireland podcast. We had a a little bit of time off last week, DJ, Um, after that uh, Packers defeat. But I'm I'm starting to get over it. uh, I don't know if I'll ever truly get over it, but uh, the game is in the rearview mirror trying to get over it and uh, look forward now with you towards uh, a game that I know you're looking a lot forward and I know there's a lot of the listeners looking forward to that of course is the Super Bowl DJ and uh, you know no matter what uh, all the team's fans are gonna be looking at this one I'm sure to see who wins it's going to be a very competitive game I think and uh, one that I think will be probably one of the one of the better Super Bowls in recent years but On today's show, DJ, we're going to be joined by a man who has won the Super Bowl both as a player and as a personnel in the Ravens personnel department, but a player with the Washington Redskins. He played with the Cleveland Browns as well. We're going to get some of his thoughts on the the Cleveland Browns playing in the Super Bowl and much, much more. He also was a coach with Legarrett Blunt at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So lots of aspects we're going to cover, and that is Ernest Biner, and uh, he is out of book at the moment. and that's So we're going to talk to him about all that stuff. We're going to get him to join us in just a little moment. As always, my name's Colm... DJ's joining me on the show here and as always go check us out on iTunes, whatever you're listening, to. maybe you're listening to us on iTunes, check us out on all relative devices. If you're new to the show please do hit the subscribe button, we're available on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the good ways to listen to the podcast. Downloading multiple devices always helps. If you haven't already please do give us a written or a comment. On any of those uh, always helps, you know, try and give us a few more listeners each and every week as we as we like to keep progressing things forward. As always our partners are Last Word on Sport, check out them and check out all their great content up on the website, it's lastwordonsport.com. dot com. If you're on the Twitter universe like we are, uh, it's at last word on sport and of course. If you're on Twitter, make sure you're following Overtime Ireland, that is at Overtime Ireland. If you aren't already doing so, uh, I would have to I would have to question why at this stage, but uh, we're we're ready to get you into a good show this week. We're going to have two shows and uh, later in the week we'll have more guests on. So it's, it's going to be an exciting week of shows. This one obviously going out a day later than normal, going out on a Tuesday. The other show is going to come up this Friday to get you ready for the Super Bowl. So I'm sure you all have exciting plans. i uh, got a lot of tweets in on Twitter about things people are planning on doing. I'm basically planning on uh, drinking a lot of alcohol and uh, having a, a bet on the match and then watching it and seeing how things go. Last year I backed the the Denver Broncos DJ. We all remember how that one
2: went. Yeah, Colin, I think uh, that bet kind of looked a bit bet after one of the first snaps off the game, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully this season, if it's something similar, hopefully it's Russell Wilson looking over his shoulder, wondering where the ball's gone. Yeah, that there.
1: the game got out of hand so quick last year, it was a strange one, maybe after we talked to Ernest now, in just a moment we might uh, maybe even recap last year's game a bit, look through that, see if there's any similarity between this year and last year's game of course the Seahawks participating in both So uh, DJ, we'll get straight into now. We'll get Ernest on the show. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming matchup, of course, and uh, some of his thoughts throughout his career. Hey, this is Scott
0: Vegeta, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast.
1: Back on the podcast again, it's Ernest Bainer. Ernest played in the NFL for for quite some time, Uh, put up some great stats throughout his time in the National Football League, won the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins, and of course it's uh, Super Bowl week, so we thought we'd get him on, and he, he has a, a close connection with one of the, the running backs that will be going here in the Super Bowl, that is New England Patriots running back LeGarrette Blunt, who he coached with his time at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but first we'll start off, uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on, Ernest, I hope you're keeping well since we last talked.
0: Yes sir, yes sir, it's, uh, it is a pleasure to be on, and, and I am well, I, I appreciate you asking, how about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm doing doing good as well, and it's always good. We kind of like to build up a bit of rapport with the, the guests we have on. We've had you on now. I think this is the, the third or fourth time, and each time it's been uh-huh. uh, a lot of fun for us talking, and it's also been very informative for both us and the listeners to get some background in your career and, of course, find more right. in-depth information about uh, the running back position in particular. But uh, I just want to start off, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and you know, a lot of people were talking about that loss against the Seahawks is... You know, sure. one of the toughest losses to take uh, for a team. And, you know, a, a lot of people were taking up, you know, unfortunately for you, the the game with the fumble. But you've now, you know, you've spoken about it. You've your book out now as well about it. But just putting into perspective, how tough of a loss was that, the game with the, the fumble? How tough of a loss was that for you and the team? And how would you compare it to that Green Bay Packers loss last week against the Seahawks? Well, you
0: know, first of all, man, it, it's really hard to put into words how, how uh, emotionally drained uh, we were uh, after that game. No, you know, notwithstanding how physically drained we were, uh, I mean, because we put a, a hell of a lot of effort into into making the comeback and getting in the position mm. to uh, to actually you know tie the game or or actually win the game if uh, if we were able to stop Elway after 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 I would have presumably scored. So. Um, I mean, really, really draining, uh, heart wrenching. I mean, you, you, you think about it, uh, you know, consistently, you know, what, what could I have done differently? What, what may have helped, helped us make this, uh, this game be a winner as opposed to us coming out, uh, losing again to, uh, to the Denver Broncos. Man, it, it was, it was tough. And, you know, then when I watched the game, uh, you know, this past, you know, not this past Sunday, but Sunday before last, and saw how uh, how they they actually lost the game and how it all came to fruition, man. And uh, it, it seemed like in the last five, in the last four or five series of the game, that's where the game was won or lost. But in reality, it was a bunch of more plays in that game that hurt the hurt the Green Bay Packers in ways that. They really kind of built up to actually, you know, actually almost like giving the game away. I mean, that's that's really how I felt the uh, the Green Bay Packers game was uh, was lost. I mean, it was almost like they they figured, okay, we got this game won, we can kind of coast in, relax a little. No, the game is never over, man. And then when you lose it, you know, I, I talked to Bostick. Actually, I had a chance to talk to Bostick a little bit, right. and. um And the reality is, man, he, on his own, he did not lose that game. And this has nothing to do with with my play or my fumble. It's the realities of the game. There's so many intricacies that goes into winning and losing games. And when you lose one the way they did and you lose one the way we did, man, it's one that stays with you forever.
1: And uh, you mentioned it stays with you forever. Something that I've been talking about on our show recently is uh, since that game, is it something that you think about? Obviously, through the off season, when you come back for the the following year, that you're, you know, you, you work harder in the off season to try and make it right the next year. Or how do you think the players will respond to such a tough loss?
0: Oh, it, it, first of all, it's going to be tough to keep the team together. I mean, that's you know, one of the one of the main things. You, you they'll probably have you know a lot of the core players that will still be there, uh, but it is something that uh, that will gather. They can it can galvanize the team if they if they choose the correct energy. And that energy is to is to make it to make sure that everything that they do during the off season, every play that they run, every meeting that they have, is, is focused on trying to take the energy from that loss and move forward as a as a team. Uh, otherwise if they break up into individuals, start pointing fingers uh saying that we lost because of you we lost because of you then that would that would serve to actually break up the 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 good morale that all the good morale that they built up last year and the way they played almost the whole year up until the final game so they have to turn that energy into something that, that they can use and make it productive
1: moving back now to Super Bowl talk again. Obviously, Seahawks won that game. there going to the the Super Bowl this week against the New England Patriots. You won the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. Uh, that was Super Bowl twenty six. You faced Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills, and you 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 yeah. sc- dispatched to them quite quite well. But just want to ask right. you about you know obviously things are a little bit different now. Maybe we're we're obviously a couple more years forward in time. But preparing for the Super Bowl was it? How much different was it from a normal week, or did you try and keep it as similar as? You know, a a regular week game.
0: <laughs> you know, we, we, it, it sounds good to, to say you're <laughs> keeping it <laughs> keeping it the same, you know. Yeah. Uh but in reality I can tell you our our practices, um, when I was with the Redskins uh were were at such a so much of a higher level the the coaches actually had to take us out of pads. Uh, you know, generally we would practice Wednesday and Thursday with pads on. All right. Uh, Friday we, we might wear pass or might not, but they had to take us out of pass because we were so jacked, so pumped, <laughs> so focused that they actually had to back us down a little bit. So we won that game uh Wednesday and Thursday with the preparation that we put in and you know, when you when you got that type of focus and you got that type of mentality and I, and I for one feel like the, the Seattle Seahawks probably is going to have the most the the, the best practices and the best focus. And I, the reason I say that, Colin, um, is because they they played the worst to get into that game. Yeah. They 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 all they almost gave the game away. They won the game uh, to the champion, the NFC championship game, but they almost gave it away. So I believe their practices, their focus, is going to be so keen. And especially when you're looking at what some of the other stuff that's going on on the other side, the, the the plate gate and all that kind of stuff that's going on, yeah. uh, I think their energy might be a little bit more, more, more gener- that It would generate more focus and more details and, and probably is going to turn out to be a victory for the uh
1: the Seahawks. It's interesting you mentioned the, the preparation and how you were so jacked up going into that game. That there, there's a lot of similarities just looking at the box score in the game which you bet the Bills in the game and which the Seahawks bet the Broncos last year. You jumped out to a twenty four nothing lead, you know, to start the game. So it was, you we're going strong from the outset. But you know, that there's similar to how it went last year. But It'll be tough to see the Seahawks jumping out to a lead like they did last year against the Broncos. But just when we're looking at the game, you scored uh, the first touchdown off that Super Bowl, a 10 yard pass. And uh, just, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about who might score in this game, guys like Rob Gronkowski, Marshawn Lynch, and so on. But scoring in a Super Bowl, how big of a moment in your career was that?
0: Absolutely. Say it one more time. As uh, for the, the scoring.
1: Yeah. How, how big of a moment in your career was it scoring in the Super Bowl? And, hey. You know...
0: Hey man, I got the ball. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> <laughs> I kept that ball. So I mean that that, that that I mean that was that's something that is a career one of the, one of the career highlights uh, for for me. Um, I mean, there's not many moments that really stand out above and beyond the others but uh scoring the touchdown in the in the Super Bowl and, and uh you know making that grab, being able to turn up field and get into the end zone, man, I I think I had a little bit of extra bounce in my step when I popped up off the ground, man. It it was huge for me.
1: And uh, just uh, you know people talk about it's one game at a time, we're not going to think about winning the game, just do the things on the, on the field, but you've won it now, so you can say about how the preparation was before it. Before the game, did you ever allow yourself to think, man, I'm in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity now to get that ring, or did you just think about just winning the game? Uh,
0: no, I, I didn't. The thing that, i tell you when it hit me that I was in the Super Bowl, it was after Bruce Smith and uh, Daryl Talley, had tackled my butt for like a three or four yard loss <laughs> on the first on the first play of screen. <laughs> you know, I I mean and and for some reason I jumped up and I was like, Man, I'm in the Super Bowl And I was like and then I, and then it seemed like after that play I was ready to actually go ahead and play. But the reality for me, man, it really didn't strike me until till after that play. Otherwise it was I was prepared and I kept my mind focused on, you know, getting prepared, you know, getting in the hot tub the night before to, to my get, get into my meditation so I could get into my zone so I could play my best game. But after that first play college, man, I was like, man, I'm in the Super Bowl. It's billions
1: of people watching. You know so uh, a, guy now that, uh, a guy now in this game that you know, he might get that first hit early in the game and realize that he's in the Super Bowl. So a guy that you coached New York, Tampa Bay as a running backs right. coach, and he, he was down, and obviously we know the situation. He was with the, the Patriots last year. He was down with the Steelers. A lot of stuff went on, on and off the field. there. He ended up getting cut by the right. Steelers, and now he finds himself with a fantastic opportunity playing in the Super Bowl for the the New England Patriots. Uh, what sort of a guy is Legarrett Blunt from your time around him?
0: Uh, I, I, Lagarette, he's real, he's real fun-loving. Uh, he can get a little bit lax on you. He, he's a very talented individual, uh, but the only thing that that was was an issue with him, and you know, for me, was keeping him focused. That was the thing that I had to constantly work on with him, was try to keep him keep him awake in meetings, uh, keep him focused on the football field, keep him from like, you know kind of being distracted you know while practice was going on. And I believe that they are doing probably the best job that they can. New England is. I I'm, yeah. I'm saying they. but Coach Belichick is doing a real good job of keeping him focused by not letting him be the man all the time. So it's keeping him on edge so that he can actually get the absolute best out of LeGarrette. But I think they're doing a magnificent job with him. Um, and I think he understands that if he doesn't make it this time, if he messes this one up, then his career is probably going to be washed away. He's, he's not going to capitalize on the talent that he has. But he has done a very good job when given the opportunity, or maybe I should put it this way, but he's earned the opportunity up there in New England. I think his and his talent is showing sure because of that.
1: Yeah, it's amazing that you know the the way the situation went that he, he was down in Pittsburgh, obviously behind Le'Veon Bell and whatever was happening off the field. But Bill Belichick and company up there really seemed to have got him focused and. You know, yeah. the, the game against the Colts, I know the Colts' defense might have been great, but he looked to have a little bit more sharpness in him and just his turn of pace. He, he was reminding me almost of Marshawn Lynch, and of course he's going up against him this week. Before we get on to Marshawn Lynch, I just want to ask you, you mentioned there about trying to keep him awake in meetings. Was that actually from falling, literally falling asleep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: that, that literally, but also just mentally, you know, because, you know, the mind has a tendency... If you allow it to drift, yeah. and I would, so I would constantly ask questions of him, not just him, of all the guys, because it's a it's a constant uh, challenge to keep the guys engaged. You know, some guys are more more uh, engaged, or more motivated to be that way than others at practice, in meetings, weight room, whatever is involved with football. So, and but some guys, some of the other guys, you got to make sure. That you keep you almost got to put your hands on them every so often to make sure that they they are they are they're doing what they're supposed to do. And Legere was that type of guy.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting to hear. And uh, a guy who likes to I think he likes to get the sugar rush from the skittles to try and get himself keep him awake. And that's Marshawn Lynch. And I'm sure as a farmer running back, you have to be nothing but impressed with the the physicality he brings to the field.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think Marshawn has a. Uh, um, uh, the, the abilities to control and and actually dominate games uh and you know when they when they say he goes into the beast mode mentality it's what it what it is is that his power and his run technique really comes together at that point, and that's what's causing him to go into the beast mode i mean he he has the, has the mentality of uh of a guy who really wants to just it's almost destroy you or break you. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a he wants to break the defense and with his running energy and with the things that he does, even I mean he to be the guy that he is in the run game. He's actually a damn good pass receiver as well. Those so those are two two things I really respect about uh, Marshall Lynch. His ability to go into both aspects of the game and actually play and contribute in in different ways. Now I would I would advise him if if I'm his coach or I'm around him to play the game a little bit more with the media. To yeah. play, you know play play the game. Uh you know you you don't have to give them everything that they want but play the game. Uh that money that uh, that he's giving back to the league through the other stuff that he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know the yeah, it's a lot of money, but you know, it's, it's something that you could give to your grandkids or yeah. uh, to your great grandkids. It's something that you could use in a different way. So hopefully, you know, maybe he's making it up somewhere else. But those were the, those. If I was going to advise him about anything, and that and the only thing would be is the off the field stuff, the stuff dealing with the media. Take care of that so that you can take care of the family and to, to even more so. Uh, but on the field, man, I love to watch him play, and I, I'm all, I'm I'm really excited about the opportunity for those two guys. If if, if they give Legarrette the nod, and and uh, you know, obviously Marshall is going to get it. Both of them get that nod. I'm I'm excited to see those guys competing because you know, when it's the other guys on the on the other side of the ball that are good players, you know it as a player. So you, it actually helps you to raise your
1: level as well. Yeah, you mentioned there, Marshawn, and the things with the media. I was just a question that's come up in the last maybe last month or so: is if he gets a second ring this weekend, if he has a big game in the Super Bowl again, with what he has done since his time in Seattle, you know, maybe similar to Garrett Blunt, you know, he was not getting a lot of time on the ball up in Buffalo, went to the Seahawks, and you know, if he has another big year this year, maybe has another year or two of good football in him. Is he? A, do you think he's a future Hall of Famer?
0: Oh yeah, a, it definitely has that potential. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know his numbers, uh, but I think he has he has put up some some numbers that uh, that that quite possibly can can be uh, consideration for the for the Hall of Fame. I mean, he his talent level says says that, especially especially when he gets to you know some of these big games that he yeah. definitely has. You know,
1: a guy a guy who's had a, a bit of trouble again this weekend. You know, your your former Cleveland Brown player. Josh Gordon, you know, it looks like his time in Cleveland is certainly coming to an end. It looks like he's on the verge of a, a one year suspension from the NFL. Have you any thoughts on Josh Gordon? And I talked to you before about his previous suspension, but it's disappointing to see a player, you know, going down this path.
0: Uh, it's there's a couple of things that goes with this for me. Um, the the accountability factor from uh, player to player, uh, you know, somewhere maybe I, I don't know if it was tried. I don't know if somebody reached out to him. I don't know if somebody invited him over to the house yeah. to talk with him. Um, but you know, being able to have that type of accountability, that type of put your arm around uh, a former a, a fellow player and help him out. I don't know if that's there. I hope it is. Uh, I would say I would I would say that it's there. Uh, but for the other part of that is. Josh actually taking responsibility for himself. Uh he has shown over time that he for some reason he doesn't have the ability to say or to do the, the things that he needs to do consistently. But it shows in his play too. It shows it showed when he came back in his play that he still was not consistent consistently pushing himself yeah. to to be uh, one of the better players in the league or actually being the best player that he could be. It just showed up in his play. And for, for me, it needs to be some type of follow-up with him, uh, even if it's his if it's family, coach, teammates. Somebody has to continually follow up with him to make sure that he's, uh, he's, he's still trying to do the right things as best he can. But overall, having, having that, that self-accountability is the biggest thing that you got to have. And you got to consistently make the decision to to do the things needed uh, to be the best person that you can be first and foremost, and then the best player that you can be. And for some reason, it doesn't seem like he's he's had the capability to do that. Uh, and this, you you know, you hate to see it with guys like him. Um, I, I fear for a guy like West. Um, that's a, the running back up yeah, there as well. Yeah. You know, it's going to be some other things that they definitely going to have to. The is going to have to hold these guys accountable. Bring them in, uh, Manziel. Same way, it's going to have to be the same type of love that is going that, that that is needed to raise kids, to raise to help to help raise these guys on up to be the men and the players that they can be.
1: Yeah, and hopefully hopefully it all can turn around and work out for those guys. But just uh, as we go in to, to finish up, I didn't ask you for a prediction of uh, the Super Bowl winner. I, you did mention, though, that you thought it was going to lead to a win for the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm sure, uh, is that there, your prediction, you're going for a Seahawks victory in this one? Uh,
0: you know, I I, I I take the Gets of uh, uh, New England Patriots twice this playoff season. Right. And... They proved me wrong, both sides. <laughs> I thought Baltimore was going to beat them. I, I, I thought Indianapolis with uh, the way the way luck was playing, and with the way that defense was playing, uh, up until they met them, that they were going to take them. I still feel like that Seattle has a little bit too much for them uh, on the on the front four and the on the, and on the back end. I think those the back end guys are a little bit nicked up, but they've had two weeks to kind of. Recovery, yeah. To kind of to kind of get themselves ready, but I think that front four uh, can be dominant enough uh, to 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 get Brady off of his spot and maybe produce some uh, some air plays. Uh, so I, and I think Russell Wilson and um, and that and the offense, uh, along with uh, Marshall Litch, will do enough to uh, to actually. To actually,
1: win the game, so I'm, I'm picking Seattle. Yeah, hopefully, it's a, cl- uh, a closer uh, game than it was uh, last season when the Broncos right, right, Yeah, I'm picking them, you know, 21
0: 16.
1: Yeah, close enough. Uh, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, down, it, yeah. It'll be a, it'll, I think it'll be a
1: big game. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good one. And uh, just before we do finish up, Ernest, you've had a, a book now writing about it, talked about this fumble at the start. Yeah, I, I'd encourage yeah. anyone that hasn't uh, heard about it before to just look it up. But Ernest is like he, he talks about it. And I, I, do, I do have to praise you for that, Ernest, and uh, you, have, you have the book coming I just want you to give you the opportunity to fill in the listeners, of course, on that, and, of course, your, your new okay. website, ErnestBainer21.com. Yeah, yeah, the
0: website is, uh, is really good. Um, I, I, I've got a lot of blogs on there uh, about football, and it's actually blogs that are more for teaching than actually you know, telling a whole lot of stories. Uh, so, if you really want to learn about football, go to dot 21com Check out all the blogs. Uh, I just wrote one uh, recently. It's five ways. It five, uh, five five Well, five ways that that, that the Packers lost.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I read
0: it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's uh, you know, it's, it's it's some pretty good stuff on there. We also have some other products. Uh, we I have a DVD, a training DVD. A backfield training DVD, a manual. I got some poetry on there that I've written, and uh, also we have pictures in, uh, of my, myself and Kevin Mack for the 30th year anniversary uh, of us rushing for a thousand yards uh, a piece in the same backfield, and so, and, and a couple of other things that, that are available. But the one of the main things is the is uh, everybody fumbles, and that's my book, and the and it starts off with the fumble, but it gets into uh, a bunch of different other aspects or layers of the game uh, that, and, and not just the game, but also of life. Uh, the book, the book is is most is mostly football, but it also can be transferred over to the other aspects of personal development, real life issues. Yeah. Uh, so it's a blessing. Uh, it, it will it will help you get through the off season if you haven't. If you're having some withdrawals from no football, get earn, get get everybody fumbles and check out uninspired21.com. It will bless you. You will learn a lot, but also it will help you in other aspects of your life, and actually be able to uh, help you assist other people in different parts of their lives as well. It's a it's a good product. Uh, I'm really proud of. It.
1: And it's a it's a good time to be you know having a book coming out because you mentioned their withdrawal symptoms from the football season. I'm sure in two yeah. two or three weeks' time we're all going to be trying to get our yeah. our football fixed So I think it's something definitely for the off season to get checking out. You know, uh, it's Absolutely. been a pleasure again, as always, Ernest, talking with you. It's Ernest Bainer, former man. NFL running back, 72 career touchdowns. You know, he's, if, you, if you look through the stats, Ernest, very, very impressive, over 13,000 rushing yards, and the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully we'll have be you on before the start of next season, we'll say, but uh, definitely, definitely be on again in the future. Thanks, as always.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you, mate. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland.
1: So, DJ, that was Ernest talking. Some interesting thoughts there in the Super Bowl regarding his uh, preparation for the, the game. Of course, he played in one with the Washington Redskins and... Uh, Many other interesting thoughts there. Of course, Ernest has out a book now. He has his own website going as well, so be sure and check out all that stuff. His Twitter, as I mentioned, there is at eBiner. Be sure and give him a follow. He's great at answering questions and that that are sent in by the listeners and the followers and obviously his book as well and his website. Go to dot 21com as he mentioned there. It's uh, It's a very good book. I've read through a good few of the pages of it myself and uh, I'd highly recommend checking it out. He has a great story to tell, as you'll know there from some of his stories that he told us. We've had him on a few times in the show and learn more and more stuff uh, each and every time he's on. But DJ, we're going to start to look ahead or maybe to start, I mentioned earlier, we might look into the past. The Super Bowl last year, DJ, I mentioned, I thought it was a game that... I thought it would be one quite comfortable in the end by the uh, the Denver Broncos and how wrong I was in that situation. Looking back, DJ, this time last year, were you in the Denver Broncos camp or were you in the, the camp of the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, I'm just trying to, trying to remember all, all back to just 52 weeks ago.
2: Tom, yeah, I thought it would be nice to see the Seahawks win, because I didn't want to see the Broncos getting yet another Vince Lombardi trophy in Denver, but obviously this year I'm hoping Seattle swap places with Denver and end up being the losing team in this year's
1: Super Bowl. Was that more down to the fact that you didn't want Denver to have another Super Bowl trophy or that Denver, like the Seattle Seahawks this year, have me edging a little bit towards supporting the Patriots with uh, defeating the Packers in the NFC Championship game? Was that down to the defeat of the, the Patriots in that AFC Championship game in my Mile high stadium last year?
2: Yeah, well Colin, that really wouldn't help my opinion <laughs> off the Denver Broncos, not that my opinion of the Denver Broncos was ever too much of a fan in their camp but what I remember from last year's game is well in Denver to hit a field goal with about 20 seconds to go they decided to just run the ball and ended up costing me I think it was roughly about 1500 euro or so on my sweepstakes that we had going local bar but th- that's probably one of my biggest memories from last season Denver not going for the field goal, so...
1: <laughs> well, I don't think the way that game was going to do they were ever going to go for the field goal, but I remember just when you mentioned that, uh, I hadn't actually thought of that. A lot of the American listeners, uh, of course, I'm sure the ones throughout the UK and Ireland too, will be very aware of Super Bowl boxes where you buy a box and then, depending on the score at each quarter and halftime and full time, that you can win... Uh, Usually a, a selection of cash prizes and uh, DJ you were very close to that grand total last year but unfortunately fell just uh, a little little bit away and you know while I mentioned I had the Denver Broncos backed uh, I think it was minus two points in the, in the handicap betting on that one. You know I had something to cheer on towards the end because I, I thought you might be getting your hands on quite a, quite a large bit of money but I had a bad game throughout, but it was a lot of fun watching the game. We had a good crowd in the, the local establishment we went to, and uh, we're still trying to finalise plans as to where we're going for this one, but I'm sure wherever it is, it'll 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 be a lot of fun. I'm sure you'll be a bit more nervous watching this one than I will, and although I wished I was going to be a lot more nervous watching it, had the Packers held on last week rather than have a meltdown of epic proportions, uh, I think it's one that uh, you'll, be, you'll be very uh, nervous for. I know you're working on Monday morning, but... Possibly you'll need a, a drink or two to just calm those nerves uh, come Sunday night. What do you think?
2: You know, Colm, it could be a very quiet morning on Friday, or Monday morning. Maybe a worksheet or two for the students to do to <laughs> pass the day for them. But no, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I must admit I'll probably be nervous by the time Friday's podcast comes out. But it's going to be interesting. A lot of things going to happen throughout the week and some injury news, thankfully it's not related to the Patriots, but a major injury picked up by a player during practice for one of the new teams, and that's the Donegal Dairy Vipers, come Some injury news coming out of there.
1: <laughs> I was wondering where that was going, DJ. Uh, uh, training with the new local American football team up here in Donegal uh, over the weekend, uh, yesterday in particular. Had a little tweak on the, the hamstring, uh, doing some sprint drills. So, Unfortunately, uh, picked up a little bit of an injury, but... Hopefully by the time uh, next season Super Bowl comes around, I'll be a hundred percent ready to go. And uh, hopefully by the time the combine, maybe I'll be ready to do some forty yard dashes this year and make it in to the NFL draft. But uh, I can't see that happening really. Uh, but yeah, bit of an injury picked up, but uh, resting it up. Hopefully it'll be. Hopefully it'll not be a long term one. You mentioned there, DJ. Come Friday, you'll be a bit more nervous, but. You know, I I had kind of, you know, with us not doing the second podcast last week with the Pro Bowl obviously being on, we took a little bit of a, a break there and it was a much needed break for myself after the, the Monday Packers uh, re- review that I tried to do after coming back. It was a, a tough, tough week for all Packers fans out there. But uh, when uh, this week started up today, in fact, I was on with uh, Andy Carlson. He does a, a, a podcast. He's from Minnesota. doing a podcast now called the, the Football Convos Podcast and I've been listening to it for a few weeks. He got in touch with both of us over the over the last uh, week or two and it uh, was interesting getting us on the show so I went on with him talked about how overtime Ireland started things like that and he's a Minnesota Vikings fan so he was all too happy to you know drive that nail into the, the Packers season coffin so up until that point I was having kind of you know trying to forget all about football the Super Bowl is obviously less than a week away and uh, I felt like uh, football had disappeared from for all eternity so it's amazing that the Super Bowl is only a few days away but it uh, doesn't seem like that yet maybe by Friday's podcast we'll be, more, we'll be more up for it you're definitely up for it I know that from talking to you off air but myself personally you know sometimes you just need to get away away from the things what I mentioned there been on with Andy Carlson we're talking about football be sure and check him out on Twitter it's at Andy Carlson show and then of course at football convos which is C-O-N-V-O-S at football convos but he's had some great guests on. I listened to some of his uh, previous shows and that, and I uh, have to say I really, really enjoyed listening through them. He's had on some fantastic guests like Ross Tucker, who we've had on here a number of times. He's had on Andrew Brandt, who I'm another big fan listening to what he is to talk about. So good guests there. So check him out as well after you listen to this podcast, obviously. And, uh, you know, it was something I enjoyed maybe all of him on in the, in the off-season to talk some, maybe Minnesota Vikings and talk about his show and much, much more. But It was a lot of fun. So that's at Andy Cardson's show. And uh, as this show goes out on Tuesday, I'm sure you'll be able to check through the At Overtime Ireland Twitter timeline and you'll be able to see where I've retweeted out uh, obviously the links to that show. That'll be available on iTunes and all the other relative ways as you can listen to the Overtime Ireland podcast as well. DJ, I'm going to let you take over here, take the driving wheel and pick out what topics that you've picked up on this week that you think uh, are relevant to talk about on the show at this particular moment in time as... uh, I'm sure uh, there'll be some Patriots Nuggets involved in there. Any, any uh, information on any balls that are slightly over-inflated or under-inflated there in New England?
2: Yeah, Calm. I think that's a bit of a J, but the supposed balls that were under-inflated in... Supposed? Well, Colm, I haven't heard definitively from Roger Goodell in the NFL, and I'm fairly sure that the scoreline was quite close at halftime <laughs> when the correctly inflated balls were brought onto the fielding. Colts fans, I'm sure you are probably still saying that you should be in the Super Bowl and that. Let's not kid ourselves. Those numerous Russian touchdowns never were going to win the game. Look forward to next season. Other fans that are cribbing and whinging about the Patriots being in the Super Bowl, they deserve to be there. Was it £2 per square inch or something was the supposed difference in the ball? I would love to know if people could actually tell the difference between a football if you give the 32 NFL quarterbacks, each of all that was the proper weight and one that was slightly underweight, see if they could actually tell the difference. I would say it would be very difficult for them. Well, the
1: one thing I am going to jump in there, DJ, if, uh, if I was paying somebody $20 million a year to, to throw the ball, I would severely hope that they would notice if the ball was not inflated or inflated, because if I handed you a soccer ball, I'm sure you could tell me if it was too hard or too soft.
2: Yeah, you know, column. I thought you were going to say if you're paying twenty somebody twenty million to blow up the balls, they would want to be doing a bit, of, <laughs> a bit of a better job. But anyway, moving on. Interesting contract news column coming from the Oakland Raiders. Safety Charles Woodson has agreed a one year extension with the Raiders, and that's going to be positive news for them. Surprise, surprise, column. Josh Gordon makes the news yet again, and yet again, Josh Gordon has made an absolute. Let's be polite and say, mop it off himself by failing an alcohol test and now faces a one-year banishment. Is this the end of Josh Gordon in the NFL?
1: you like I talk there, you with Ernest as well. You know, it's a, it's a tough one. Tweeted it out yesterday and a lot of people had mixed opinions on it. Obviously, it's an alcohol suspension this time rather than the drug use. The first time people were questioning why you should be suspended for drug use when you know, marijuana is legal in a number of states in the U.S., but... The NFL players get drafted out. they get a, a lesser rules. the stuff they can do stuff they can't do and obviously smoking marijuana is not one of the things that you can do. He failed the test a couple of times and then, under his uh, kind of reviewed kind of terms and conditions of his contract this year was another aspect of it and he he failed this test now it's hard to see you know he, he got away you remember he played the last few games the last season. there was talk last year that he would miss the whole season and because of the new changes in the collective bargaining agreement, he was able to play the i think it was the last four games was it of the season i think he was banned up to week 12 so he was back then for the, the last number of games but now it looks like he's going to miss the entire of the upcoming season so you know i think the browns will clean their hands and wash their hands of him. they were offered quite a big big deal you know to, to, to trade him off during the season but a lot of people thought that you know it wasn't a lot enough for the cleveland browns to to pass him off after the great season he had last year when you know he, he absolutely tore up the league after missing the first four games of that true suspension so it's very very sad and disappointing and you know, the main thing here is the, the guy obviously needs help. And, uh, you know, I, I was tweeting it out. Some people think about these players as if they love football more than anything in the world. Well, maybe some of them just are naturally talented. Maybe they don't like playing the game as much as other people. Maybe they don't like getting hit each and every week. And maybe he just likes to party more than he likes to play football. So we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, I, I can't see him, you know, playing in the league, as, as the rumour suggests, He's probably going to miss the, the next season. And then we'll see what happens. And just when we're on that kind of subject justin blackman seems to be on the right path and it seems like the jacksonville jaguars are expecting him back next season so he's another player that had a troubled couple of years there so we'll see we'll see how they go with him but it's always disappointing when you hear these young young athletes and that uh, you know having struggles off the field but you know there's a lot more uh knowledgeable people than me on the situation whether it's addiction or what and so on and so forth that uh, could find out better about josh gordon and what's going on in his personal life but just hopefully uh he gets uh Gets on the right track again.
2: Needless to say, Kong, Sheldon Richardson's not sending his love to Rex Ryan and the Buffalo Bills. He was asked what his opinion was of Rex Ryan going to coach the Bills, and he described it as being hilarious and saying he's looking forward to facing him twice next season. Unfortunately for Sheldon Richardson, outside the fact he's playing for the New York Jets, is hilarious. (laughs) But anyway, that's my jibe at the Jets for this week. Well, probably managed to get one in. ...on Friday's podcast about Darrell Rivas... ...who could have went to the Jets... ...but now he's going to the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> DJ and his ever, ever, never-ending love of the New York Jets... ...but DJ, just... Uh, ...there was some... ...well, there wasn't too many of the Jets players... ...that made the Pro Bowl... ...I'm not sure if... The, ...maybe there was none of them... ...but just talking about the Pro Bowl... ...we didn't uh, mention it yet in the show... ...I'm sure people are dying for a, a Pro Bowl recap... ...and, uh, you know, Team Irvine... ...which was led by Michael Irvine... ...former Dallas Cowboy... ...and Team Carter... Uh, ...obviously former Minnesota Vikings receiver and uh, one, of the, one of the best to play the games. And it's interesting you just, on the subject of talking about people with substance abuse issues, Chris Carter had many issues himself and, you know, he turned it around, had a had a great career then when he went to the Vikings. He was obviously with Philadelphia before that. And, uh, you know, if you, you ever watch his football life story or that, he made a tremendous comeback from all his demons off the field. So it's, uh, you know, something when we talked about there, Justin Blackman and... Josh Gordon, maybe they can have some similar, hopefully uh, positive influences as their life moves forward. But outside of that, there it was Team Irvin beat Team Carter thirty eight to twenty eight. J J Watt had a big game in it, as as you would fully expect. D J. And uh, outside of that, you know Odell Beckham with some nice catches. I didn't personally watch the game, caught some of the highlights this morning. Thought I would uh, have a Sunday off from staying up late last night and uh, just enjoy my night's sleep for a change. But you know the the Pro Bowl, obviously, you get to see all the players playing together, and you know those times where you could see how little the players took it seriously they were taking it seriously at times but one time Jordy nelson uh caught a caught a touchdown pass in the end zone and clay matthews was on the opposition team they decided to do the uh the old chess bump in the end zone together so you know playing an opposition team celebrating touchdowns shows you how uh you know it's just a bit of fun for the players and the got the winning team picked up fifty two thousand dollars a piece uh, so i'm sure they enjoyed that there a little bit of little bit of extra pocket change for them but DJ, uh, anything else this week catching your eye before? we? I'm sure Friday's show is going to be full of news with who's on the injury report, who's not in the injury report, what's going on in Arizona. Somebody, I'm sure, is going to say something absolutely ridiculous to the media over the week, and uh, I'm sure we'll be breaking that down. Surely uh, we'll hear a few more questions on Debategate, but as I talked with uh, Andy Carson I mentioned earlier it was on his podcast, uh, we're all well and truly really tired of, uh, we're kind of deflated at the get talk. It's uh, got a little bit boring at this stage, but anything else to, to go on before we wrap up?
2: Yeah, You mentioned who's going to make probably the biggest comments at the NFL Media Day during the week. My bet's on Richard Sherman for Richard's never found lacking for when there's words to be said but he's normally a good man for it and I think he'll have a lot to say and hopefully the Patriots will be able to gain a lot of inspiration from his comments and there's all the talk about Aaron Thomas and his injury. I really don't believe the fact that him or Richard Sherman are gonna be any way doubtful are gonna be any way hampered by their injuries. I think the two of them will be fully fit for the game come Sunday.
1: I'd agree that they're definitely gonna play the game. DJ fully fit might be a stretch. They definitely both of them were definitely injured in that game against the Packers and uh you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Obviously the extra week as well, which will will certainly help them. Um, just DJ, uh, I meant to do this at the start of the show, forgot, but we'll plug it again on the next show as well. But we're having a competition coming up this week, DJ, with our pals over at Football America UK. You can follow them on Twitter at F America. You can follow or check out their website with all the great products they have available there. That is footballamerica.co.uk. dot co dot UK, and you know a lot of fantastic products. Not, but they've given us a, a genuine Wilson. Super Bowl 49 game ball to give away, and all you're going to have to do is obviously be following at Overtime Ireland on Twitter and give it a retweet so your friends and family, whoever's following you on Twitter, can see it. and Hopefully, they'll enter too. Hopefully, they'll follow Overtime Ireland and helps us grow, helps get a little bit of promotion for footballamerica.co.uk. And obviously, gives you a chance to win a game ball. So, it's definitely something I meant to mention at the start of the show. I will be mentioning at the start of Friday's show, at the end of Friday's show, and uh, plugging it on. Overtime Ireland's Twitter feed throughout the weekend, so it'll be Friday and Saturday, that competition I think is going to run with us, DJ. But uh, be sure and check them out, it's footballamerica.co.uk, anyone playing American football, interested in American football balls, products, anything to go with the game, they do everything from cleats to shoulder pads, helmets, and uh, as I mentioned, I'm playing a bit of American football now as well, so definitely going to be buying some stuff off the footballamerica.co.uk website. So, DJ, really I don't think there's a lot more to talk about, but as I say that, we have some breaking news. And it is courtesy of Fox Sports' Jay Glazer, who is reporting that the NFL has zeroed in on a locker room attendant with the Patriots, who allegedly took the balls from officials in the locker room to another area on the way to the field. So, DJ, on Friday's show we're going to have a lot more information on this. Looks like Patriots locker room attendant going to take the fall for this one which I'm sure he'll get paid off quite handsomely by Tom Brady to do so, because I'm sure it was under uh, instructions from your great quarterback. But uh, we'll see We'll see how it develops, and uh, I'm sure Tom Brady's not going to take the plunge in this one. But DJ, really and truly, until the next show, which we're going to be out on Friday, we've enjoyed talking through this, some topics. We've been trying to fill gaps, as you'll probably see uh, when you're listening to us, trying to figure out, What to talk about from time to time. But really enjoyed uh, talking through the stuff. Enjoyed the talk with Ernest Biner. Follow him on Twitter at eBiner. And uh, really and truly DJ. Until Friday when we're back. And I'm sure you're going to be a lot more pumped up for that show. My name's Colin, And I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one.
2: Super Bowl! Super Bowl!
0: Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.